All right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric. I'm the ambassador of common sense, and I'm here with. I'm Dan, the ambassador of nonsense. And, and uh, we've got a little bit of nonsense to talk about today, yeah, don't we? Starting with that Gillette commercial. Um, be the best men. The best men can be. Uh, Gillette knows how men should be, apparently. Yeah, that's uh, apparently that's um, it's kind of interesting. I know that that Gillette has uh, not, you know, like most modern um, secular uh, product companies, they really haven't had any problem with objectifying women, uh, which is at least part of the, uh, you know, part of what they bring out on this uh, this commercial they've got. But, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of because there's, there's that one point where the boy sees a girl walk by, she's an attractive girl and he starts after her and the heroic young black man comes out and says, not cool. Yeah. That's, I'm not even sure what, what the situation, I mean, you know, not cool. What was he going to, you know, was he going to rape her or something? and I, yeah keep her in his basement or was was he going to go try, try to, to get her phone number or what i should we not know there's, should we not like uh there's no context should we not make advances on women at all or not not be attracted to them i you know i don't understand um, is that toxic like, i mean i you know i don't know maybe, maybe it's a maybe it's a, a contextual thing like okay if if uh if you're just in any old public place, uh, then it's not cool, you know, unless it's a place designed to, you know, for mixing and interacting mm. or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what, what they were going Maybe for on that one. weren't aware of how the race propagates. Ah, that could be. Yeah. The, don't know. we we got to have that starting place, but oh, well. Um, right. You know, I got a, one quick question. <clears throat> I should have I should have given you a warning about this, but off the cuff, if you were going to um, describe manhood with one word, what would it be? Uh, one word. One word to describe <laughs> manhood. And it's cheating to say manhood, isn't it? Yeah, that would be <laughs> masculinity. Uh, yeah, I. You know, I. It's hard to say one word because, uh, you know, um, protector comes to mind, uh, builder comes to mind, sacrifice comes to mind. I mean, uh, how about I don't know that responsibility, you know, responsibility. Um, that kind of covers yeah, that, a lot of those. It does actually. That's true. That's true. That you know, just ac- accepting and living a responsibility um that's uh yeah yeah so i you know the in i guess that's the the thing that i that makes me kind of unsure how to take this gillette commercial thing because um for the most part in the commercial and and there are some a, a couple of exceptions but for the most part um the behaviors that they're showing that that clearly they want to highlight as say bad behaviors um fall into 
you know, two categories. One is, uh, you know, going along with the pack, not, you know, not being a man, not standing up, not taking charge, not being the alpha when, when, uh, some leadership is needed. Okay. okay. The second one is just plain puerileness, just, you know, stupid, uh, adolescent, you know, boyhood, dumb stuff. Um, and, and it seems like that is the bulk of example of bad behavior they're showing. And in both of those cases, what we would have considered traditional masculinity, um, taking charge, um, uh, dominating, being responsible and so forth, uh, are the antidotes to that. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, it, on the one hand, if, if you were to take this, um, this video out of any cultural context, out of, out of a, a societal context, um, and just show it, you would just get the impression that, oh, okay, they're showing that men got to stand up and be men. You know, men got to do what men have always been trained that they ought to do. But in today's society, for some reason, people have this impression that our traditional approach to saying, here's what it means to be a man, you know, uh, you deny yourself uh, in favor of what's right and what's good. You, you put yourself out in front when needed. You take charge when needed. You show leadership. You show protectiveness and so on and so forth. Um, it, it almost seems to imply that that that's not really how we've been all along trying to train boys to become men right and i think that's kind of uh well that's kind of why everybody's so ticked off about it i mean they're trying to portray men throughout nate uh history as uh i don't even know what i i'd say like barbaric but it's not barbaric it's um as weak yeah, and yeah, they're we, saying, "Okay, you, now you, it's time to stand up and be a man." Well, wait a minute. If you're like sixty years old, you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah, do, you, what, do you remember World War Two? Does everybody yeah, forget about yeah. that? Right, right. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know, and the the it's this same the, crowd that uh, pushed and pushed against things like censorship um where the the people of old days wanted to not objectify women in oh um, right the, so they would censor the kinds of movies that exploit women right for example. and mm -hmm. so culturally that was pushed against so uh that it became acceptable to uh objectify women more and more including and more. some of Gillette's own past commercials yeah well I don't know I haven't seen them but um I I mean I I see things like attractive women rubbing against a man's cheek to talk about how smooth I seem to remember a commercial like that um yeah I'm, I'm thinking you know the the you know the the women in in 
tight fitting bodysuits with Gillette written, you know, in in places that draw the eye. Okay, you know, stuff like that. That you know, they're not they've they've not never been above that. I mean, the same thing. Like think of the Bud, you know, similar to say the Budweiser uh, with the girls in the swimsuits right. laying on the beach towel, yeah. and, and their swimsuits have the the letters that you know say Budweiser when they're laying just right. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a long time where that, where culturally we were against that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a push to allow it because you're being old fuddy-duddies. And now, yeah. are are these people admitting that they were wrong? I don't think they are, though. Cause <laughs> I mean, it's not... Uh, now they're trying they to act like the want... old guys were not the ones pushing for that kind of objectification right right that's it's it's almost like they uh you know they 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 beat their uh their fists against the rules that were there to in large measure really protect women i you know yeah um and now they're uh acting as though all along those rules haven't been there and that all along the, the whole, uh, you know, the rather manly attempt to keep those rules in place, uh, is actually responsible for the current lack of those rules. I don't know. Yeah. Like they show this, uh, this fifties, this, and it's not a real show. They made it up this like fifties type show where the guy's grabbing the girls, uh, behind and everybody's, oh, well, she's cooking you know, approving of that. And it's like, wait a yeah. minute, that kind of stuff didn't exist. That's just it. It does now. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. the kind of thing That's... that happens on TV all the time now. And it didn't mm-hmm. happen back then. And it was those uh, older guys who had kept it from happening. Yes, it was traditional masculinity that kept that from going there. Yep. And then there's the whole uh, fighting thing. Um, I don't, that fighting is no longer acceptable. Yeah, that I mean, and, irritates you know, I, it's not like it's not like men used to stand around and watch boys fight. If you know, if they were involved in a friendly wrestling match or some other kind of contest, if you know that involved physical struggle and, and use of strength, okay. But I, I think by the time the one guy pulls the one kid off, he's kind of beating the kid up. He's right. it, it's definitely a fight, not just wrestling around. You know the the, the way boys tend to do. But um, there again, you know all the men that are, you know, what are they doing? They're standing behind their grill, uh, kind of going along with this pack mentality of just saying, "Oh yeah, boys will be boys." You know, you got to let them fight, whatever, and uh, failing to to live up to the standard of manliness that we kind of grew up with you know as our standard that we were held to right and i think even more so the generation before that yeah i have to wonder if the uh the guy who broke up the fight if it was his kid getting beat up and that's why he broke it up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's, you know, I, I would hope that he would be the guy whose kid was doing the beating up. Right. 
you know, that's the guy who should have stepped in. But the thing is that, again, you know, the, the bad example they're showing is exactly the, the weak non-manliness that, uh, you know, and they, that was looked down upon, you know, for the past century. And, and at the same time, that as well. um, there are times in a man's life where it's not just acceptable, but where he's really has a duty to fight. Mm-hmm. And right. men find this out at a pretty early age. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, guess it's, it, it's not in a case where he hit, like, you know, the guy insults your mom and so you end up fighting. It's not like you have a duty at that point to fight, but it's kind of a natural inclination because there are times later on in life when we do have the duty to fight because Mm -hmm. there are times we have to protect our families or our country. Right. And and fighting isn't just, or, or innocent people who might be getting, you know, uh, picked on or whatever. I mean, Exactly. That's that's one of the things. I mean, they really don't give much context for these uh, these episodes they're showing, and you don't know what you know what was behind whatever scene there is. Um, You know, now the guys. You know, I think the example is is the guys standing around, kind of just letting each other. The fact that that you know that none of them are stepping in is each one's individual excuse for not stepping in. Well, okay, that's a very unmanly way to approach life. Right. Um, and <laughs> but see, here's you know. the thing. Okay, let's say the no, the men are not there. Okay, then what? Then there's so two boys fighting it out. It's, it's the boys, so why? Now, why one, of them is, to... one of them is yeah. beating the other up, but let's say there are other boys around, or one mm-hmm. other boy around. Now, yeah. if the boy moved in to protect the other one, wouldn't he also be bad for fighting? Yeah, that's you know you don't know that that's that's one of the things about the uh, I guess the the modern um, approach to to manliness is is that the the principles don't matter, uh, you know, and the principles don't, don't work know. because in this case we have two young boys fighting. And an older man mm-hmm. steps in. But what about when two older men are fighting? Nobody yeah. nobody steps in and breaks it up just by saying, all right, that's enough. Right. There has to be right. violence at some point to put a stop. Well, not always. Even to put a stop to the violence. Generally, yeah. to put a stop to violence, there has to be violence. Right. Right. And I mean, sometimes a policeman, uh, you know, may be able to, you know, right, guys are sometimes. in a full born fight he may be able to get in the middle more likely he's going to have to pull his billy club out um i was uh driving through price hill once and i had the kids with me and i'm driving past this situation where there's a guy and a girl and it looked pretty tense and it looked like she was about to get hit Mm, and so i'm slowing down a little bit and there's some cars behind me and uh, my kid Ronnie says, "Dad, he hit her." See, Ooh. the kids Who's see this. Watching. I have to stop now. I, yeah, you. I have to show example, and I have no idea if this guy's. I don't know. He could have a gun or a knife or, or something. A knife I, or I've something. got nothing. Yeah. We're on our way home from church. Yeah. So I 
kind of half, I just stop, start getting out of the car. There's a van behind me with another guy, and I'm thinking, good, I'm not alone. Right. Uh, so I start walking that way. I've got my cell phone out to, you know, maybe start dialing 911 or something. And uh, the guy just like pulled around me and left. I'm like, holy cows. Oh, I got to do this alone <laughs> with kids in the car? Oh, man. I don't see. So was that guy being a real man because he wasn't going to fight or wasn't going I... to put us you know what i mean We're, yeah yeah i think the, commercial, you know, a lot the commercial's of what, stupid uh gillette commercial aside i think yeah a lot of a lot of what people uh criticize as modern manliness um yeah that that guy lived up to and and you failed on by stopping and and being ready to actually do something to take action to protect to you know assume responsibility yeah it's, um, and I, I sometimes wonder, is it, what was it like, uh, 60, 70 years ago? Um, would more people have stopped to help a long time ago? Yeah, I don't know. Because you they know, talk about um... those psychological tests and stuff where, you know, they, they look to see if, uh, People will help someone in trouble. Um, but, you know, with a lot of those tests, nobody does anything until one person does something. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, 60 years ago, I can imagine a lot of people being the kind of person who, oh, if there's one other person stepping in, I'll join him. But I'm not going to be the one. Um, but this guy in the van, he wasn't even willing to do that. Right. He just wanted to get by. Uh, I think he was on his way home from church also, which is disappointing because <laughs> yeah. we were in the same church. But I don't know. Maybe he thought, well, that guy's going to handle it. I can get out of here. Yeah. That, oh. That's the best hey, way I can look at good. that. He can get shot. I don't need to, to hang around. Yeah, I don't need to be shot. But, oh, well. I guess um, the fact is, culturally... Manhood itself has been under assault for a while now. Mm -hmm. And we're raising a lot of kids who don't even understand what manhood is, what it means to be a real man, or why it's important. Right. right. Well, you know, it's it's kind of, um, in, a, in a strange twist of irony, um, the rise of feminism and and you know people look at the 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 um the the feminist movement and and they've they've done tons of of sociological analysis on it and they they've they've got it divided into into multiple movements there's like first wave feminism and second wave feminism and i think we're in the fifth or sixth wave right now or something like that but but the the irony is this the rise of feminism the 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 original um kind of uh pursuit i think of of the first feminists and i think this has kind of been in the background of all of them has been explicitly to uh try to um erase from womanhood that which distinguishes it from manhood and when you you know 
if you allow things like, you know, teaching your sons to be men and talking about manliness and masculinity and making an explicit uh, goal out of that, well, if, if there's something that's called being a real man, then there's also something that's distinct from being a man, which is being a woman. But wait a minute, feminists want to deny that. So feminists are not just focused on womanhood and trying to gain privilege for womanhood. In large measure, what they've been doing is trying to destroy manhood. So it's easier to erase the um, uh, characteristics of a man than to uh, mimic them. Right, right. But the problem is, you can erase the the manly characteristics of men, but what you're not going to erase is the selfish impulses of men and the fact that men are stronger. So when you erase the manly characteristics of man, but leave that other stuff there, what do you get? You get the objectification of women, uh, and you get a rise in crimes like rape and stuff like that. So feminists, by trying to, in, in their very uh, short-sighted, uh, very superficially um, uh, understood approach uh, to raise up women, so to speak, have undermined them tremendously and brought all kinds of horrors on women in, in the yeah. late 20th and, and going into the 21st centuries. Yeah, and we are at a point now where, um, on the one hand, we're told there's no difference between the sexes. On the other hand, we've got men who want to be women and women who want to be men, which makes even less sense if there's no difference between them. If there's no difference, yeah. If if there's no difference, then just be who you were born. Yeah, why, why do we need special rights to anyone? If, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's like the whole culture is just kind of, uh, entered into this cartoon world. Yeah. It's, uh, surreal. Um, I mean, it's like a, like an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing really makes any sense at all. And mm-hmm. what, th- there's you some know, of the other things that you mentioned some of the things in the um, video, um, like you talked about some of the some of the stupid things that boys or men tend to do that um, are very much what only boys or men would try to do, and I, I a lot of times I wonder why this is fought against so much. I things like um and and when someone says boys will be boys these are usually the kinds of things they're talking about oh if, th- like like you're like, not going to uh, watch a boy rape a girl and say boys will be boys boys will be boys that's not no, what boys no. are boys for i right but if you saw a boy um saying something like hey what happens if we set this propane tank on fire and or blow yeah. this up or i think i 
the best example I can a, think of is when a bunch of guys had a uh, washing machine and set it on the spin cycle and then would drop bricks into put it. Put a brick in it. Um, yeah. Those Stuff are the like kinds that. of boys will be boys things. Moments. Exactly. Exactly. And there's nothing the, uh, morally uh, um, repugnant about it. It's just... It's stupid things, not it's, bad yeah, things. Yeah, when you think about it, it's like, okay, that that was that was a kind of a weird, silly, pointless thing to do. Uh, but yet, for some reason, yes, boys do that. That's and, 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 okay, once in a while you'll find a girl who does something along those lines. But the reality is there's something built into boys that they do stuff like that. Yeah. And I... Don't I can't say I see anything wrong with it, and I yeah, um, I in fact I'm sure it's didn't put really there pick for up that God, the, that by the boys God, I mean. in the Gillette commercial were actually fighting until the very end, right? So it was kind the, of a wrestling. The boys match. will be boys, con- you know. Comment you you almost didn't really have enough context to understand why it was inappropriate for the men to stand around saying that, right? And another, see, again, the boys were really fighting towards the end, but have you, it you have boys. It looked to me like they were just kind of, just boyish, you know, wrestling. Kind of like, you know, the way you see dogs wrestle with, with each other playfully. Right. Well, boys do that. I You know, I don't know, uh, you know, girls probably don't realize that boys do that, but boys do that. I, well, Vicky had. Uh, she was her only brother is like ten years older than her. She, she was not used to boys when we had uh, boys, and <laughs> A whole bunch it of boys. <laughs> surprised the hell out of her because it was like, why are they fighting? And I'm like, Vicky, they're not fighting; they're wrestling. They're yeah. both laughing. Yeah, I know. They're wrestling. <laughs> they're having fun. It's okay. <laughs> right and right uh, and and you didn't know that that wasn't what was going on in this Gillette commercial at first right until the end and it's like well of course guys break up fights when they see their kids fighting uh, yeah. i mean it's like when does this happen that that boys act this way right right that's 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 the thing it's it's you know the the, the kinds of behavior that the commercial seems to call out as bad are things that, for the most part, we would agree and say, yeah, that's bad. But the suggestion in the commercial that, that boys have been raised to behave this way all along is ludicrous. Yeah. In fact, I would say that the boys who, who behave that way tend to be the ones who aren't raised at all, whose parents don't take time to teach them. They're the inner city um, a, boys without you know, abandoned fathers. by their father, raised by a single mom, kind of boys that engage in these bad behaviors. And then on, t- and then there's again. I keep going back to that part where he, he's uh, going to go. I, I don't know what they were trying to portray there. Like he was going to stalk her or something. But oh yeah, the one who's who's going after the girl. I don't. Yeah, I mean, is it is it just that it was inappropriate to go approach her, ask her phone number, whatever he was going to do, because they're not in a bar where you're expected to approach people, or you know, what was it? I I don't know. Right. Do you have to get permission to approach a girl to ask for her number? I I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> guys hit on girls. Uh, and it's competitive out there. I mean, 
Yeah. You're you're dealing with half the human race here. I've I'm competing with half of the human race for any girl I would want to uh I don't know get to know. Yeah. And right? you know, that's you know, I I don't maybe the maybe there's this concept that that you should not get to know anybody who's not put in front of you for that purpose. You know, you know, you that could be. I, a, I don't know. Maybe I, only date girls that you know in school, or or uh, if you want to get a date, you got to go online and do a dating app. You can't just approach somebody and say, "Hey, do you want to go get a a drink or something like that?" I don't know. And the question is, how many women really actually want it that way? Oh, I, I think right. very few, except for those who don't often uh, get advances from men in uh, public settings. Mm-hmm. You know, right, I, right. Now, if the guy had, you know, approached her and she said, well, no, not interested. And she's walking away and he keeps following her and, you know, trying to intimidate her and to give him, him a phone number or something like that. If they had shown something like that, then it would make more well, then sense. You could understand. But that's always been. Uh, it's never been like that's never been accepted yeah. by men anyway. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, you know, that that's never been part of the scene. In fact, I would say that it's never really been part of the scene that a guy approaches a girl just in public just to get her phone number anyway. I mean, that that's so rare. Yeah, that doesn't um, happen really very often. And it doesn't work when it does happen generally. Yeah. But I mean, usually there's some kind of setting you're in first. And then you you notice a girl and you go and you approach and talk uh, to like, her or whatever. Uh, but there are guys who attack it that way, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's not a matter of like stalking uh, to them. It's more of a mm-hmm. numbers game. Yeah. Uh, the more girls you ask, uh, the more likely you are to get a phone number. Uh, I don't know if you right. ever watched that show, King of the Hill. No. There was one where this guy Boomhauer is trying to tell Bobby how to get girls and they're in a shoe store and he approaches like 20 of them and they all say uh-huh. you know they all tell him to go kiss off and finally right. one of them gives him his nu- a number and he holds it up triumphantly and he's like well you were rejected <laughs> 19 times he's like it ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. I know guys who go at it that way. That's how they operate. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say they were creepy or anything and I don't, they don't stalk women or anything. I don't think it's necessarily creepy. It's just, and I don't think it's unmanly. Um, but it's the way some guys operate and, uh, I'm sure you can go through and find a lot of really good relationships that started that way. Right. Right. Kind of just, uh, you know. The guy, the guy took a chance, you know, um, and and then the, maybe the girl did too. Yeah. So, so you know, one of the things that people don't think about is uh, manliness in terms of uh, you know, what I'm going to say, Genesis, but the idea of um, of the creation of man and the position that 
for example, Adam was put in. Now, of course, a lot of people don't even believe in the whole Adam and Eve thing. A lot of people don't even believe in in uh, in creation. But I think the majority of people, at least in America, at least claim to be on some level Christian, which implies that you know that you at least have some kind of belief in in this stuff. So if you think of Adam and the position that he was put in and and being put in charge of the garden and then there's Eve and, and he's taking care of her and so forth. And then when you look at and, and in order to do that he was given certain instincts. Um but then after the fall, you know, Eve uh accepted the fruit from the tree under the uh um influence of of the serpent um and then she gave it to adam and he accepted it and ate it okay and there's the fall of the human race now one of the things that's interesting is um god he's kind of laying out the consequences of their actions and one of the things that he uh, says to Eve is that your husband will rule over you. Uh, and the the word I, that I think was used in, in kind of the, the Hebrew texts for this, for Genesis, you know, that it's not just a, um, it's not just being in charge of, it's it's a word that implies kind of like, like uh, cruel dictatorship, uh, like a tyranny kind of okay. kind of rule over, but the thing that and, and and I know that there are some people you know some maybe fundamentalist Protestant groups or whatever that take that as as God is saying here's how it has to he, you know like he's prescribing it like okay right. so here's how you're going to have to live this way but but here's the thing he's not really what what he's doing is pointing out to Eve because you brought selfishness into the world. Uh, and led your man, Adam, into a state of, of selfishness, well, now that's the reality you have to live with. And guess what? He's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, and now he's selfish. Yeah. So guess what? You're going to suffer because of that. You know, that that's really what God was saying. So when we look in terms of masculinity from a, you know, a Christian calling perspective— that calling is to reject that selfishness and return to a practice of what you could call pre-fall masculinity. Or post, um, uh, post-cross masculinity. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> it's right? the so, new Adam so who where, would give us the mm-hmm. ability to, uh, and the grace to uh, get out of that selfish mode. Right, right. So so now we we try to take those those very same instincts that we're born with just because we're men because that's how God designed us and then watch out for and reject the 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 selfish overlay on those. Uh and yeah you're right. I mean if Christ is the new Adam then that example should be our new example. And and so yeah a, a post cross uh masculinity is a, a good way to think of it. And um, the we could point out here that it was uh, the fall 
while it was linked with Eve's um, uh, willingness to be deceived, mm-hmm. at the same time, it's Adam's unwillingness to embrace his position as the protector uh, during that. And we right, talk about right. Adam's sin. We don't... Ne- Generally, it's referred to as Adam's sin, not Eve's. Yes, it's it's the sin of Adam, and and you could almost lay both acts, both Eve's act and Adam's act, at Adam's feet. Why? Because he was in the garden with her, and when the serpent was making his overtures, he didn't stop that. He didn't right. interrupt that. Right. So, yeah, he he did not exercise his masculine calling to step up to dominate to protect uh and to lead and uh thanks to him (laughs) yeah here we are um yeah okay so i guess this the commercial isn't itself have any bad messages other than the um kind of the the, the implication yeah, that, that our our fathers and grandfathers have somehow been trying, you know, ha- have been doing it wrong in terms of what they've been trying to teach yeah, as a model of masculinity. Yeah. And for that reason, personally, I will not buy Gillette anymore. <laughs> but I haven't been <laughs> yeah, buying them for, for a while. Yeah, that's hard for me. I use, <laughs> I use Gillette sh- shavers and uh, uh, deodorants. I have always liked their razors. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how it plays out a little bit more. I mean, there may be more more to come. You don't know. I yeah. yeah especially as the as they you know have chances to respond to some of the uh, the the um, the pushback on on the commercial and stuff like that. Well, I you know I've tried a number of generic uh, razors and there's always that that little tip right under my nose that I can't quite get to. And yeah, and Gillette those Gillettes have that job. blade that does real well there, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and so I I did do the Dollar Shave Club. Oh, did you? I was going to those do mention work. That. It, I, I've heard about it. It works, but well, there's two things. Number one, um, if you hold up the Gillette blade in the light and the Dollar Shave Club blade in the light and look at the reflections and stuff. You can see mm-hmm. how the Gillette blades are straight and the other ones are just a tiny bit kind of warped. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know how much difference that makes. But also, when you're shaving with the generic ones, you know, your hair and whatever gets kind of clumped up between the blades and right. it's harder and harder to. You have to rinse it more often, and you have to tap out the hair and stuff to get it clear so you can make another swipe. Yeah. That's kind of a pain, but um, (laughs) I'm not going to buy Gillette for a while. Yeah. Okay, so that's... uh, That's our our podcast on that. That's that's, that's a... Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty good uh, take, though. We had more to say than I thought we would. I thought we'd... I thought we'd be here longer, but I always think that. Oh. <laughs> All right. So in in current events, uh, yeah, let's talk about a lot some of junk events. going on. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we could start with the shutdown being, quote, temporarily suspended. Sort of, yeah. I, you know what's I what's interesting? I I I only learned this the other day, uh, leading up to the shutdown. Um, you know, the, the suspension. Like at least twice, uh, Republicans uh, try to convene to um, pass a um, just basically a let's pay the government workers. You know, let's let's right. make sure all those families get paychecks. And the Democrats resisted it, wouldn't go along with it. Like, the first time there were like, I don't know, four or six Democrats that went along. The second time there were like ten Democrats that went along. But it's the Republicans who have been trying to say, let's let's at least get these families Without a paycheck. Without ending the shutdown. Right, exactly. So we're going to pay them even though we're not opening the government. That's what the Republicans what, tried to do a to couple do. times. Right. And... Uh, I, I don't. You don't see that anywhere in the news. It's mm-hmm. a shame. But yeah. Uh, the thing is, I mean, I, I still don't. I don't know. I still feel like he caved. Oh right. I mean, right. He, even though it's only a temporary. He didn't get the wall, and we're gonna have to go through all this again in mm-hmm. three weeks. Only we're yeah. going to have to start over, so they're going to have to be... Unless he plans on making some kind of changes. Maybe he's got something up his sleeve. I don't know. I tend more Could to be. trust Trump than to not trust Trump. Uh-huh. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We shall see. Okay, so uh, let's see. Roger Stone, his house is raided in the middle of the night. Well, not at 6 in the morning. Uh, right. Arrested. Uh, his, I mean, did a bunch of armed FBI agents come in and storm his house? I can't remember. It was like 20-something agents with guns drawn. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just odd that they did that when, I, I mean, they could have just gone to his house and knocked on his door they wouldn't have need any guns um, hmm. it's not like he's a danger or anything um, right and CNN happened to be there at 6 in the morning they happened to be huh yeah 6 in the morning CNN happened to be there they were the only news agency there it doesn't make sense and and the crimes that he was charged with are all process crimes right they're right and for that they had to do a a big raid so until yeah a raid and until the investigation he had not committed any crime he's not mm-hmm. charged with any crime well the same as Flynn yeah I, don't, I just FBI's gotta be it's it's weird under control yeah. this is these are American citizens I don't understand why we're allowing this to happen to American citizens. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the way dictators do things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly. I, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, this is another one of those cases where, uh, you know, they've, they've been conducting the investigation so long, some people have um, uh, perhaps acted... Um, 
yeah, I, inappropriately in regards to the investigation, but there's no original crime. Yeah, and um, the, they're being charged with. I mean, it's it's like they were set up for the crime. They you ask mm-hmm. someone a hundred times the same question in different ways, and in one of those ways, suddenly the answer's a little bit different. Ah, we got to process crime. Yeah, yeah, it, I, it's 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 bizarre, and 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 you're right. I mean, if 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 you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to, to uh, you know, run like the dictators, but in a country that you couldn't get away with it, this is how you'd do it. Yeah, um, I think I think that's all I got. All right. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, except for the Venezuela things, uh, we recognize. Oh yeah, that's a uh, new the collapse. Of, I mean, Juan Guado you know, one, or something like that. Right. Right. I, well, you know, one more example of, of uh, socialism not working. Um, and, you know, there's... <laughs> the, you know, eventually uh, enough of the world will will learn the lesson to stop trying. You'd think. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, socialism, um, it's, it's not about... It's not about what... Um, socialism isn't about the promises of socialism it's it's a tool socialism i think always has been a tool to allow those who are going to to exercise power to acquire complete power you know socialism uh you know somebody said religion is the opiate of the masses well i think really socialism is socialism is what calms the masses and allows a dictator to step in and take power yeah and and then it, it falls apart, but you know by the time it it really falls to pieces, that original dictator has usually been replaced by another anyway. So right. for for his short life in uh, you know in power, he he got the benefits of everybody giving him you know totalitarian power over their country or their you know their whatever. Um, so you know, and sometimes it lasts longer than others. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Cuba and, and Fidel and how long he was in power. Well, um, so the only thing we can definitely say about it is that it doesn't work for yeah, a country. Yeah. I mean, it's always bad for a country. Always. Yep. Never good. Um, I think that's all I've got. Or, But you have some... Uh... Well, I got something, you know, a couple of uh, lighter things here. I sent you a link. I want you to look at this. It, we're not going to be able to convey this uh, during the um, during the oh. podcast, but but uh, open this link and watch the video. It's it's kind of amazing in its own way, and uh, I, I almost want to link the video on our uh, on our web page. Yeah, this is this is a mom. It doesn't car, really picks up a flip what's flop. That? Yeah, and throws it. And uh, uh, oh. we don't see the initial argument. Uh, but this is an amazing throw. Is that her daughter or something? Presumably, I don't know if it's her daughter or what. But uh, damn good throw. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. <laughs> yeah, it reminds and, me of and, Rose. Yeah. Did you? Uh, well, see, you didn't stay over there as much because you didn't have a Callahan counterpart. Friend, we, we had to spend the night with. We right. had a family 
friend that was it was bigger than ours but they were the Callahans and like most of the kids in our family had a Callahan kid who was kind of our best friend and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean we were cousins that's right. like, you know that so the Angles right. and the Callahans two big kind of big families Callahans are a lot bigger than us but um, right I would go over there and that was the thing if you if you got Aunt Rose angry at you you'd get hit with a shoe it would just come out of nowhere and then she'd be like bring me back my shoe <laughs> it's kind of fun. yeah well okay so <laughs> i would never seen her throw something that far though yeah <laughs> yeah um i got two uh you know <laughs> it's uh kind of funny two, two stories involving kids so there's this one boy uh, who got stuck in a toy and the police had to come and rescue him from out, out of his toy. Um, toy? he was, uh, it says 20 month old. So he's almost two years old and, and they've got these pictures. He's kind of, uh, like in this box. I, I guess it's a box that wasn't necessarily meant to be, you know, crawled into, but he crawled into it and then got stuck and he couldn't get out. And the mom had to call the police to try to get him out of it. What kind of toy was it? It's, you know, you ever been to, uh, like a dentist's office and they've got those toys that, that have, um, it's like a, a box and each side has, uh, these, um, like not grooves, but, but slots cut in them that, that may curve around and go different places. And then you've got these different, whether it's beads oh, or, or yeah. little toys that you can move around the slots. That, it that? looks like it's that kind of a box. And like he turned it upside down, uh, and the bottom of it was maybe just open. So he turned it upside down and did what kids are going to do. Well, yeah. what boys are going to do anyway, and climbed into it. Climbed into right. It. So. <laughs> do you remember uh, we would play hide and seek when we were kids? Yeah. My favorite was the dryer. <laughs> and then you yeah. turned it on on me once. I did. I, yeah. I got I hid in there, and I always kept the door just cracked. And then uh-huh. uh, I saw you headed toward it, and all of a sudden the door slammed so shut, shut the and door? the thing went on. I was like, ah! <laughs> I don't remember that, but you, do you remember, uh, you, you know, the Hickses? Yeah. Another big okay. family. Uh, yeah. With Not related to us, but, but close friends of and, and so we, forth. Most of us had a counterpart in the Hicks family. Um, right. And you had right. like two. Yeah, the Jay, Jay and Josh, we you know, all kind of hung out. But uh, once in a while, I'd spend the night with them. And uh, they had this thing. They would go into the dryer uh, and take turns turning it on as kind of like a ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could imagine. I was kind of a scaredy cat. I was scared to death when that happened. But um, the Hickses, they were rough. Because that was a family yeah, full of boys. kind of fearless. Yeah. Yeah. It was all boys. Yeah. So there and were no all boys. There was none of the calming sex in that family, except for the mom who was pretty tough herself. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, Josie. Yeah, they uh Josie, right, Josephine and, and uh Can't remember that guy's her, name. Her, her, Jerry, wasn't it? Yeah. I I know it was two J's because every boy's name began with J. That's right. So it was all, it was it was uh it was Jay, Josh, uh, Jacob. Um, I, I can't remember the others. There were at least three yeah. more. 
<clears throat> big family, all boys, and uh, yeah, every one of them Took turns in uh, the has dryer. a name begin with J. They, I was uh, <laughs> I was over there once, and they were talking about they wanted to go down to this. There was a lot somewhere that was under construction, and they wanted to go see if the keys were still in the uh, Bobcats and stuff. Oh, uh, to drive them around? Well, and they had already. They had already done it. Uh-huh. Someone, and this yeah. is in, this is kind of a bad section of Cincinnati, but mm-hmm. someone had a bunch of heavy, heavy equipment there, and they had left the keys in them, and, and they had gone and started them, and I guess they drove it a little bit and then got scared and went back, but they were... Yeah. talking each other into going back down and I'm like are you guys nuts <laughs> I uh, somebody they sent like a scout and he went to see and he said no the keys are all gone oh so okay well that that kind of left you uh, off that hook yeah then. I'm <laughs> glad because I would have chickened yeah. out <laughs> well uh, the my next uh story that I found also involves a young boy. This is a three-year-old North Carolina boy who went missing for, for uh, like two or three days. Uh, he was finally found um, in in a tangle of, of some vines and thorns. He was a little bit scratched up. He was wet and cold, uh, but he could talk and he was fine. And, you know, once they found him, they took him to the hospital naturally to check him out. And he's, he's you know, talking and everything. But uh they asked where he was, and and uh, he he said that a bear came and hung out with him for a couple of days. Couple of days, huh? A bear. Yeah, he hung out with a bear for a couple of days. This is a three-year-old. Now, I mean, he's been alone for a couple of days. <laughs> Did anyone figure it out? I no, no. That's that's all they've got is that a bear hung out with him for a couple of days. Huh. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, guardian angel maybe yeah i don't know that's you know what you know um stories about like feral kids um mm-hmm. there was a yeah raised by wolves stuff like that yeah there was a documentary about uh feral kids and uh oh really yeah he had the guy had gone to somewhere in africa mm-hmm. there was a boy who had uh supposedly been raised by monkeys um he claimed that the monkeys would give him the food that they had. Huh. Um, the the guy doing the documentary said it was more likely that he just kind of hung around the monkeys uh, for a and sense of security mm-hmm. because and, and that he saw what they were eating and went ahead and got some for himself. But uh, he was with monkeys for like, uh, from a very early age. He could walk, obviously, when it started. And then until he was like seven or eight or nine, until uh, the orphanage came and found him and took him somewhere. Wow, man. And then there was... That's pretty amazing. There was the... uh, There was the feral girls who had been, quote, raised by wolves... That ended up being a hoax here oh, really? in America somewhere. There was I didn't, I didn't hear about that yeah, one. Yeah, there was a I don't know a, an orphan guy who had claimed that he had feral children who had been raised by wolves, and it turned out to be uh, a couple of retarded girls who had not been raised by wolves, but 
they couldn't really communicate well, and he had been using them as kind of a means of uh, getting funding and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... Uh... But there are a couple cases of actual feral children. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Apparently this boy is uh, one of them, maybe. If that was well, real bear. Well, yeah, just two days There's worth. A couple but, days. Uh... <laughs> You know, hung out with the bear. It was like the bear in the big blue house or something. <laughs> yeah. I had one. I don't know, but three years old. I mean, how could he, you know. How could he think that up? But, you know. Yeah, it wouldn't occur to him to lie about a bear showing you up. You might say that, but um, I've had some kids who make up some of the weirdest things and they talk about them as if they're real i mean i uh one of my sons would come down every night with a different story about what happened that day and they involved tigers and stuff like that and uh i i think i he did it every night and i think once Mm -hmm. or twice i went ahead and recorded it because it was so funny uh, the stories he would come up with. So I, I don't know. Maybe he's just got a active imagination. Very, very active imagination. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just slept for two days and dreamed yeah, about bears. Yeah, maybe there was a dream. Uh, is that all you got? That's all I got. Okay. So we got one more current event items, which I'm going to stop them. Do you know that I put music to the background of these when we do current events? Uh, I know that you do it because I listen to it, oh, but I assumed okay. that was always post, you know, like a production right, thing, not, right. not while we're recording. I didn't know you even if you knew that I actually did that, but okay. So, uh, New York. Yep, New York. Reproductive Abortion Health law. Act is, this is law now, right? It doesn't have to In pass anything else. Right, he signed. They passed it. He signed it. Yes. Uh, so it went through their house, then their senate, then he signed it. Yeah. Um, it, a couple things that are noteworthy here. First of all, uh, they, you know, kind of a big thing in the left is to say that abortion is. Though they won't say this exactly, but they act like it's kind of a necessary evil. Right, uh, right. Like, like if you were going to declare war, it's not like you want to declare war, but it's a last chance. It's kind last, of a, right, uh, a necessary. You know, one of the things about this is, is that there was a lot of cheers and clapping when they passed this. Um, and the, that what bothers me about that is that the left will often talk about abortion as if it's like a necessary a evil that it's something that they don't want to do, but they have to do. Oh, well, you know, that used to be, and I mean, even Obama said that the objective should be to have less abortions. Mm-hmm. And, and Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton said that too. So, but if that's the case, why is there so much joy over more abortions? As if, right? Well, you know that's that's the really uh, to me scary um, kind of like the diabolical side um, of the more recent uh, leftist 
focus on this is that it's not, they're no longer treating it as a, uh, something that's unfortunately necessary. They're treating it as some kind of a weird positive good. Yeah. Um, I mean, getting out with, with Planned Parenthood and, and doing these really, uh, bizarre, ugly, uh, campaigns like Shout Your Abortion and stuff like that. Um, it's, and, and when, uh, Kavanaugh was, uh, you know, getting ready to be confirmed and, and there were people saying, okay, everybody got to go out and get pregnant and get an abortion now. So, Cause then you won't be able to once Kavanaugh's judge, you know, weird stuff like that. I mean, th- 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 there's really a, um, uh, I don't know. It's almost like, like there's something weird in the water. Like there's a, there's a disease or a sickness going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's terrible. And, you know, among the American left these days, uh, you know, they've, it's like they've abandoned even a semblance of, um, just basic, um, humanity. I, I don't I, even know what you would call yeah. it. it. Humanity, you know? It's, um, and, and the, the thing about this law is that, well, it's a law, and these are elected representatives. And mm-hmm. if you think about something like the Holocaust, the way we're able to uh, accept what happened in our mind is that there was a dictator who was really, really, really bad. And for some reason, a bunch of people followed him, but it's the dictator that we say is bad. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of blame it all on Hitler. But what if Germany were either a democracy or a republic at the time, and the people's will was to kill Jews? It, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what this is like. Yeah, and it, it's like, in fact, I would say that that America, uh, in in the you know, 21st century and, and especially in this decade and, and these past few years, it, it's, it's all, it's weird. It's almost like that, like there's like, it's building to something, right. but I would say that America as a population is far more culpable, um, for death of innocent humans yeah. than, uh, than, the Germans uh, and Hitler put together, right. you know, the, yeah, it's, um, and, and some of the parts of this bill, for example, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, it, you know, in the past, if you killed a pregnant woman, you were guilty of mur- two murders and that's going to be mm-hmm. gone. At least yeah. under New yep, York the, law. Um, right, right. Which, well, you to know, me, I think Vermont that would be a getting, good way to fight this. Well, yeah, you could point that out. Um, Vermont is getting ready to pass uh, a similarly um, uh, draconian abortion law as well. Um, and and part of the wording of the Vermont law is to explicitly say that fetuses have no uh, legal recognition. Well. I mean, it's just built-in worded that way in the law. Okay, well, a human being within this particular stage of development has no recognition as or protection under the law. It's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, that's... Uh, it makes sense if abortion is going to be legal. 
well, the thing is, uh, by by putting it out there so explicitly, to me, what they're doing is they're codifying in law the arbitrariness of abortion. Yeah. Because, you, you know, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to pick, you know, we're going to say a certain class of people based on the stage of development, they don't get protection. The parents have the right or the mother has the right to have them killed. But once you put that out there and once you, once the law openly acknowledges it that way and says, well, you have to reach a certain stage of development as a human being before you're allowed to receive protection under the law in our state, that line becomes arbitrary and you can put that anywhere. Right. Which is... That's, that's what's really, really chilling about the Vermont wording of the law. Which is... Uh, what Philip K. Dick's uh, short story, the the pre person, is all about. Yeah, pre persons. That, that's right. That's. I think and, I had and, called know, it, it was, the unperson or something in another podcast, but it's the pre person oh, that uh, right pre persons. Um, he picked the you know when you could do complex algebra or something right. like that. He, you he know, had, it, it was a and and you know it's kind of funny. People criticized him for for as though he was making a prediction, calling it silly and and stuff like that. He wasn't making a prediction though. What he was doing was pointing out how arbitrary it is to use passing through the birth canal as your definition of, yeah, of when you get to be exactly. protected. That that's what he was doing was saying, hey, this. If you're going to say it this, <laughs> you why have not no here? Basis why for not here? Picking that exactly. And then uh, eventually, when do you stop being a person? Uh, right now, it's when you're uh, brain dead. But uh, you know, if we've if we've set these kinds of precedents, then um, it's just yeah, it, it, right. I mean, you've got you've got countries already where you know where uh, things like uh, you know they they've gotten so much onto the. Uh, physician-assisted suicide that now for people who are, you know, maybe uh, a little, ha have a like a diminished mental capacity, instead of a uh, uh, physician-assisted, it's physician-prescribed. Right. You know, yeah. that, okay, well, we've decided that, that you really need to die, so we're just going to kill you. I, yeah. Wow. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what they're doing. I, I think we fall back to I I don't really enjoy most of his coined phrases, but uh, we're looking at a culture of death here, and it's it's oh, really chilling. Yeah, that that yes, this could happen. The second. Yeah, that, right, um, right. That's you know uh, the other part of this is that the under the New York law, a botched abortion. Uh, right. Is, Somebody somebody matter. ends up born alive. They ha they can kill them now outside of the world. Right. So birth is That's, no so longer now, the uh, the the time at which you say this is a person. Yeah, in a strict sense, or maybe, and this could be even more chilling. Maybe it's it's not even about being a person. Maybe it's just hey, you don't get to be. Yeah, you're a person who does not get to be protected under the law. Yeah. So you know that's so the birth means so now, nothing anymore, uh, obviously, right? Uh, but we're so, still killing. So them. when when is New York? When is Cuomo and and New York going to uh, 
you know, just kind of become intellectually honest and say, okay, it really means nothing to be born or not. We're going to give moms a chance to figure out whether they really want to be moms. Go ahead, have the baby, take them home, take it for a spin, see if you're really cut out for it. If you're not, bring it back, we'll take care right. of it. When, when, when is he going to just be intellectually honest and go ahead and make that part of uh, New York law? And someone might hear that and say, okay, you're just being silly now, but... <laughs> yeah, no, we're not, because you know what? That has actually already been something that, ha- you know, that, that various, yeah, agreed, not mainstream out there, sociologists and other scientists have already been proposing. It's... If you're going to follow this stuff logically, that's where it goes. That is the next step. You can't... It has to be the next step. Mm Mm-hmm. And there will be a next step. There always is a next step. That's the the thing about evil. Um, It's it's restless. It it isn't satisfied having what it it has. It it always wants more. Yeah. And when I heard about it happening, um, I mean, you go through things like uh, frustration and anger, but, you know, really all I can say about it at this point is just sad. I, yeah. it, to the, it, it almost makes me want to cry. It's like, I cannot believe we're doing that in this country. It's, mm-hmm. Right. In, in this country. Right. This right. is America. Um, I yep. was saddened when um, Ireland voted to legalize abortion. And uh, I'm just as I'm more saddened by this because this is, well, this is our yeah, I, I feel yeah. like I feel like we've been blessed and I don't think that's going to happen too much longer if if this is actually becomes the will of the people collectively. Mm-hmm. I just right. Right. Well, you know, it, it it's uh, you've got New York and Vermont. um passing these extreme abortion um, laws. And I almost wonder if there's going to be be the beginnings of a geographical alignment. Right. With regards to abortion. I think you got the coast and then the Um, uh, Midwest. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, once, once you've got, once you've got a line in the sand, once you've got a a uh, a geography, and you can draw a line and say this side, that side, uh, something this extreme, you have the makings of a civil war. It it could be where things are headed. I almost would prefer that happen. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I. As opposed to well, just you know, allowing that to be what ha- the, the laws. As opposed yeah, to allowing yeah. half of our current country to go ahead and kill babies, I would rather see right. a civil war where we could die for uh, um, trying to protect wow. the lives of the right. unborn. Right. And and eventually, like I said, I, and, and here's the thing, I think before it becomes a civil war, it won't any longer be the lives of the unborn. Right. And all of this, the the 
controversy and the conflict will obviously get much worse than it is yeah. right now. But yeah. um, speaking of all this, I mean, Kavanaugh has already kind of caved. And it's, look like he, it's looking like he's not quite as pro-life as we thought he would be. Well, he's I I don't know about pro life. I know that there was one uh the the one court case that he voted with um the the liberal justices to decline to hear. And and Clarence Thomas kind of ripped all of them a new one for it, you know. He he yeah. really uh took took the court to task uh for shirking its responsibilities uh on the matter. Um so, you know, he, he gets my praises. Right. Uh, in fact, Clarence Thomas has actually been one of the most consistently spot on justices. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know whether, um, it was one of those where, um, he wanted to, you know, he, he, he voted with the decision to not even hear the case. And I don't know whether it's because he's looking for, a different kind of case to hear where that, that can be more effective than that one would have been. That could be because, uh, or yeah. something like that, yeah. you know, that's, uh, well, so we can pray, I, I, I'm I not going to be too condemning yet. He's, he's a rookie, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think we're going to end on that note and, uh, just, All I right. think everybody that's, needs to pray uh, you the know, rosary about that. We need, yeah, we need prayers. That you know, get out and and uh, you know, circle the beads. Um, is that a saying? Circle the beads. Circle the beads. Cir- yeah, circle the beads. That's right? <laughs> like circling the wagons. Let's circle the wagons around our country. We should make that. That's going to be the. That's going to be the war cry or the the slogan for a podcast about Catholic things from now on. Circle That's the beads. Right. Everyone. Circle the beads. Pray the rosary. Hey, you know, by the way, did you get my uh, text message about, uh, and, and we'll go ahead and keep this yeah. on the podcast so people can pick it up if they want, but I, I don't know, it was, was it Coke or Pepsi that had that the choice of a new generation? I, I think that was uh, Pepsi, but I'm not Pepsi, sure. It was Pepsi, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there, you know, there's so much uh, energy among the youth in the pro-life movement. It just occurred to me that that, that could be kind of a slogan, life the choice of a new generation. Well, we could just uh, tweak it a little bit, say life, the choice of the new generation. That's right. The choice of the new generation. I don't think there would be much of a case <laughs> if you tried to steal that. That's true. That's true. Uh, we could just put that out there. Maybe somebody will pick it up. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Well, uh Thanks for listening to a podcast about Catholic things. Think about what we said and circle the beads. All right. Bye, everyone.